0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of M three sixty five Voice. My name is Mike Madarani.
1: I'm Sarah Hazi,
0: and I'm Antonio Mayo. And today we are excited to have another special guest with us, Tom Daly, Shapeon Developer Collaboration Director at Soho Dragon, a fellow MVP and a friend. We've been friends for many, many years. And
2: why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Mike, and thanks, everybody. Yes. So my name is Thomas Daly, and I am based out of New Jersey. Um, a SharePoint person from the beginnings, like say SharePoint 2003, but I've used it prior to. I've always been doing SharePoint development um, during that time, and I've slowly grown and taken on different roles. Like Mike said, I'm the collaboration director in charge of a lot of our Office 360 product, um, projects with Soho Dragon, and that's in New York City. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of challenges. I like dealing with customers and clients and solving problems and actually getting my hands dirty with development when when I when I can. So also, yeah, like you said, MVP, I've been an MVP for four years now, so I'm going on my fifth and uh, I absolutely love being part of the program and I appreciate it because it gives me a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things with for people.
1: And to help organize events that we come to yes Yes. on COVID years because i think all all of us have been to your little event um in the summertime in the city
2: yes yeah so that's another big part of this whole thing is the office the user groups i run the user groups in new jersey and uh help with the teams tuesdays in new york and i run boot camps for azure office 365 which is one of these things um we run that every year in new york and new jersey and then the big events that everybody Talks about the SharePoint Saturday in New York, which we, we're all dying to get back to. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Hardly know what to do with myself in late July if I'm not going to this to New York. So fantastic! All right, okay, so we explain so, what we're doing, right, Mike?
0: Yes. So uh, we're gonna basically fire a few questions at you. We want to get your opinion on. You're an expert in. You've been developing SharePoint, like you said, for many years. Right now. You've done a lot of branding. Uh, so we want to just chat with you about uh, the branding in, in SharePoint Online more, more specifically in, in modern SharePoint these days. Uh, so we'll take turns, start asking you questions and multiple sub questions sometimes and uh, don't mind the multiple questions and you can ask us more questions if you want. If you want to fire back questions, that's fine. We can We can do that. So with that, who wants to start?
1: I'll kick us off with a with a relatively straightforward starting question, and then we'll get into the 54 questions with 14 subparts. But um, when it comes to SharePoint or SharePoint Online, for those of our, because we do have listeners that have SharePoint on-prem as well, but when it comes to SharePoint Online, what is um, the modern branding experience look like? Because we always hear about what branding can you really do in SharePoint Online?
2: Right, that's a good question. I always associate like a lot of the UI components like the navigation, the footer with like branding. Um, so on modern, it, it's interesting because in classic, you can kind of there's always been a problem in my eyes um, about global navigation, like navigating from site to site or subsite to subsite. Really, it's more about navigating from site collection to site collection because each one had its own navigation structure. So on classic version, we I've always built a global navigation solution and you know, I have a GitHub project for for those things. And on modern, it originally came out, it was the same problem. There was no way to connect. There was this great flat architecture that their Microsoft was promoting where you'd create these site collections, but it still never solved the problem on navigation. You could never link them properly. Then fast forward, hub sites come out, right? So hub sites give you give you the ability to connect. site collections and generate some sort of global i would consider it level one global navigation right where you can it's not dynamic where in the sharepoint classic world whether it would just bubble up you know once you connect them that would be nice but it's a very manual process where you enter in the links and you don't have to have links in your global your hub site navigation to other sites but this creates another problem with the two level like two tier navigation so you get your hub navigation at the top and then you get specific site navigation also in the top at, as well so it's a little bit of a disconnect to this connection in my my eyes and like okay hub site navigation solves the global navigation but what i'm really excited about is this next part that's coming out under development like i'm looking at the roadmap right so having the app bar and another true global navigation solution so that's under development yeah well i don't know if they've demoed it uh, yet or lo- or if anybody's seen it yet but um i'm excited just hearing about it and knowing that it's it's on the way i think they did demo something they the did past, at and they did ignite and we but, had
1: dc padur on i think right after ignite of yeah. 2020 uh and we talked a little bit about it and the one thing um and then i'll i'll back off and let Antonio and Mike ask questions. But the one thing that it's gonna require for global navigation in order to really control it well and to be able to define your global nav settings, you're gonna need a home site as well. Do you wanna tell site. them a little bit about what a home site is?
2: Uh, yeah, I I read the technical details on a home site and I was just confused at like, what really is it, right? It's really just like your landing page for your internet. You know it's there's not much there was i think feel like it was like a marketing it's like a marketing term for just like hey this is our home page uh i didn't see anything that what that we don't already you know there maybe was one or two things that we already have but i felt it's like
1: got a couple of extra bells and whistles but it does have to be a sharepoint communication site
2: right. and it
1: has to be via powershell uh elevated to be the home site and you can only get to like your global navigation settings through that home site so from a branding experience if people want all of those capabilities that you're talking about, that's soon to be coming, they're gonna to have to designate a home site.
2: Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, I haven't really like I'm a little bit behind on the home site front, but I will definitely follow up and look at that. So for, <clears throat> with, that, with that
0: topic, uh, organizations that do not have home sites or organizations that are very, very large, and you we know that, You can only have one home site per per tenant Uh, so uh, if you have multiple intranets you're going to have one home site but what about what other options i have if i cannot use the global nav that comes with the home site um, do i have other options other than the hub navigation or the regular nav
2: yeah you certainly do there's things that you can do in sharepoint i mean it involves development so you'd have to there's, um, in the development world, there's an application customizer. It's an SPFX extension that you can build. And what that does is it it adds things to the top or the bottom. There's two zones on your page, the top placeholder and a bottom placeholder. And it allows you to write your own code and inject whatever functionality you want in the header or footer. So uh, this is another GitHub project that I, I have in my GitHub repo um, because I've built it before hub site navigation so allows you to just create like a list or pull navigation from a, from some other structure like uh, you know it could be a text file it could be managed metadata however you want to set it up on the back end you're just reading in that information and then you're presenting it on in the um, in the con- in the zones that you have on the modern page okay so that's one way that you could do it yes it involves development it involves some skills um, it doesn't really translate well if you're using, you know, there's this weird gray area still if you're on a classic site and you have these modern pages, right? And you, you're flipping back and forth, you know. It, that stuff it's, happens. It's still happens. It still happens, here Because if you build a solution with an application customizer, it doesn't work on the classic site. So if you're in that area, uh, you have to then build two solutions or, you know, figure out another way. Got it. Cool. So, so
3: so when you when you do what you just suggested tom you you use an application customizer you're what you just described you're effectively building your own mega menu typically for navigation right is that a microsoft supported customization of sites i know there's always a question around what what can you do and what are you permitted to do and what should you do Mm -hmm. Um, is that a supported method
2: yeah in in my eyes i think it's a supported method because as long as you don't move outside so again like it you have a box on the page it's yeah. hidden you don't see it it's there all the time you now build something you as long as you don't reach outside of your box and touch other things and manipulate the page then you're s- still in line with microsoft's you know vision and there's they're basically you know they they don't support any custom development technically but uh there's a lot of support out there like github and um blogs and websites and things like that but yeah they don't they won't like um, They're not going to fault you either for putting in something else but it's up to you to support it but yeah don't reach outside of your box and you're pretty much fine that's that's
1: a that's
2: great that's way a- go ahead sir.
1: Right, right. um it's a great way to put it because i never thought about it that way in terms of developing within the frame or the box um do you find organizations that really um need to kind of expand their thinking to mm-hmm. use both the header and the footer because I would think that they don't necessarily take all of those opportunities.
2: Um, yeah, uh, yes, the, the answer is yes. So I have problems with the footer. Number one, I have problems with the header and footer sections. Um, one problem right now that there is, and this is like a little bit of a side, I'm gonna come back to that answer that question. It squeezes the page. The more you put into these things, it will shrink the scroll the page so your scroll will like get smaller and smaller and smaller so and i've worked with uh various clients where we built big footers and you got to collapse them you know you gotta you gotta build it you can make it bigger but you gotta make sure that they can collapse it right and then it sticks there across all your sessions and all that stuff um that's that's one of my complaints that i'll get out right away but do people want to go outside of their area and of course they all want to. Every single client I know wants to go out of their zone. That's one of the things that I'm asked constantly when we when we talk about branding and what we can do. It's like, well we we want to do all this and I and I say, "Oh, well, you know, that's not technically supported, but we could do it if you if you want to take on that support. Like if something breaks, you have to fix it." And to have the right things in in place where maybe one product one environment is on early release and another one's on the delay the targeted release so you can catch things early right but someone's got to be looking at the other tenant in order for that to work
3: so you get that question a lot what what can we do in terms of branding and how how do you like what do you see in terms of what's supported and what's not supported like beyond the header and footer like you've talked about that with application customizers what else is in fact supported in modern SharePoint from a branding
2: perspective yeah so there's actually a couple little things that all they all basically tie into the theme so the number one thing you have to do is create a theme for for your SharePoint site that you, you and it's pretty easy you go to the website and you can generate a theme right to, that's the first step and it, it allows you to at least do the basic colors you know you'll get uh, for the most part i would say you can pick other colors but you get one primary color out of it and so if you have three colors in your brand three primaries you really you're only seeing like you're only going to get really one one out of those uh okay. if it's you know so that's sort of like there's not enough variety for me in in that but OK, so moving forward from, from just the regular theme, um, a lot of the web parts tie into the theme now. And a lot of the page elements tie into the theme. So okay. the header has, you can customize the header where in certain tenants, it, there's going to be more op- certainly more options than um, right now. There's They're actually rolling out a lot of features right now. There's like four variations, I think, of the header where you can change that around. Um, in one of my tenants, I think there. One of my tenants, I have the ability to hide the site title, which is great. If you're going to upload a logo with the site title in it, you can hide the site title, yeah. um, but that's not in every tenant that I've seen yet. And then there's certain things. Um, the header, you can change the background color of the header. You can upload a logo, and a lot. A lot of complaints were, "Hey, we have a square logo, or we have a rectangular logo, right now." with the features coming out, you'll be able to upload a square or a rectangular logo at the same time. Nice. Uh, So those are some of the, like the little bits and pieces, which, which, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but where we were two, uh, two years ago or a year ago, we had nothing. And now we're coming together. So I would love to see more. And every time there's, every time there's like something released, I'm like looking for these little bits, like we're at the end of the, you know, a couple a year later, we're going to have so much more than what we had. Um, a year ago. So,
3: so before Sarah and Mike jump in with another, I'm going to throw in part two of this. Um, what about things like um, skinning built-in built-in SPFX web parts with CSS say to change the look, or to put outlines around, or to put you know your your colors right onto web parts? Is that a supported? I'll say branding because it is kind of branding. If you you know you've got corporate colors and you want to build them into your web parts. Is that a supported thing? Uh,
2: okay, so I heard two different things, but I'll, I'll take it apart and see where we go. Sure. So um, is it supported to modify the SharePoint ones out of the box? No, and you don't want, you're not supposed to mess with those because, again, they're going to be making changes to those periodically. And what's going to happen is it's not going to be today or tomorrow. It may be a month later, or a week later, or a year later. They're going to make a change and they're going to change and it's not going to look the same eventually. So that's that's what I would say officially on that on that Uh, don't do it right. But have I done it? Yes, absolutely. So with the application customizer, you can inject CSS and then you can add a color or two to an out of the box web part that may look a little flat. Right. So I've done that. Shame on me. But uh, the client demanded it and they paid for it. So. I, gave, I told. I gave them the warnings. I gave them the disclaimer. Now, the second thing I heard in your question is, with your maybe you're, you're building your own SPFX web parts, right? Yeah, that, that was my next part to the question. Mm-hmm. What can you? What are you allowed to do with those? And the answer is, you're you could do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Anything you want to do. That's your area. That's your zone. It's safe to to do it. So you can just feel free to do whatever. Now, right? There's uh, you know you. You don't want to go too crazy. It won't really fit in with the rest of the plain web yeah. part. But that's... But,
1: so I have a follow-up question because I always do. Mike, I, I don't know what you're going to do with Antonio and I because we just never stop asking questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to ask like five questions and they're after you.
1: <laughs> okay. Fire. Um, what about companies that have um, a link, because I've worked with some in the past, that have a custom font and oh. they want okay, okay. the font to look a custom font? It's a good one.
2: Yes, so I, I had had that request before to do a custom font for a large, large organization. Um, they initially, and a lot of this, how this stuff comes about is usually there's a design firm somewhere involved, right? That gives them this crazy looking mock-up, right? All just made up. They didn't they didn't even, SharePoint, Office 365, wasn't even a word when they were designing it. Um, So then you get you'll get handed these things and it'll it'll say, you know, it'll be like, well, what's the font? Um, So you you really can't. I was actually asked this yesterday, too. You really can't override the SharePoint fonts like I mean, from Microsoft's perspective, from the official perspective, you shouldn't do it because they're going to again, they're going to change something. It's not going to work tomorrow. Um, when you write CSS, you target specific elements on the page based on their ID or their class or some attribute that's unique that gets changed um, on occasion when they do updates. So I would say you can't do it, but I have done it again where, you know, I've targeted simpler things like web part titles or page titles. I'm not attacking the body font, so I would say, you know, leave the body font if possible alone. If you are going to take the route where you're gonna just take it in your own hands to customize it, you know do like what you know I would say you can do the web part titles or maybe the site title, something simple, and be prepared to update it when it when it breaks. That's all.
0: so let's let's take a step back here a bit. And we've talked about themes and where how you blend your your sites, but uh, you know we're not gonna build one site. We're gonna have this information architecture. We're gonna have hundreds of sites. We're going to start building the whole merging, migrating from classic to to, to modern, whatever that is. Uh, at the end of the day, we have to create all sites. How do we go into making sure that we have that consistency in the branding? Back in the days with classic sites, we create a master page and everything is inherited from the master page. You have page layouts, master page, and everything is fine. But with modern and themes, and you have that architecture, how do you make sure that you give the end user when they create a site or they provision a new site that has the same thing. that has the same colors, the same logos. Uh, so you have that consistent look
2: and feel. Yeah, that that's, so to do that, right? Yeah, it's a much more complicated world in modern to keep all this consistent. Um, when you build a modern page, you're building a site collection, which has its own features and mm-hmm. its own look and feel. Now, when you create a hub site and you link them, it will take over the theme from the hub site. So so the way that you can sort one way to do it is to create hub sites. And when you do that, you will then inherit the theme for that that hub site. Um, And the header, now that's just one thing. Now, if you had some of those customizations we talked about in this session, like those illegal customizations, um, that would be probably deployed as a feature. And all you'd have to do is just, when you create that site collection, activate the feature or add an app, you know, I'd say feature, but really you're just adding an app and your, your feature is the app. So you would go to every single one individually and activate that feature in order to get the same look and feel. And if you've updated the code, with if you updated the CSS of this feature, you would dump that in the app catalog and it would automatically update all of the sites at one shot. All right, and if you updated the theme, it would automatically update all of the sites that it was connected to. Um, but it's more than like CSS and fonts
0: and colors. What about they want the specific structure of specific items or web parts on the, on on the oh, page, okay. specific layouts on the page, because they want to have that consistency in creating, let's say, projects. They want to have some web parts on that page, and then they want to have some backend lists and document libraries. So we're creating that kind of
2: what we called it before templates. Uh, Yeah. And templates, I always associate with as a branding, you know, you're creating a look and feel. Uh, I love that question because it's also another on the top 10 hit list of like what everybody asks when you go into a a meeting about um, setting up a site. So how do we, and again, we are so much further along than we were a year ago, I, I feel this. Um, how do we create consistent sites or consistent you know, pages? So there's a couple of things that you can do. There's page templates where you can create a, one page and you can save it as a template and you can reuse it. And the second thing for, for the site level, you can do what's known as a site script. So when you go to create a new site, you, you're seeing a toggle box for team site or communication site, and under communication site, it's got blank, it's got showcase, and one of the other ones I never use. Uh, I always pick blank. So, topic, topic, there you go. All right, that's the trivia question right there. Um, so, those are, called, those are essentially site templates. We were never able to, they've been around for a while. Um, so, you can go ahead and create your own site template. And what it is, is it's a, a JSON object that defines the structure of your site. I believe there's a builder out there for it's actually there's a lot of there's a documentation on what the um, what you can put in there and what that'll do is that'll create your lists your libraries uh, it'll apply a theme Uh, there's a there's a number of things it will do but it won't do anything heavy-duty like it won't move stuff around like meaning like it won't move things around on the page it won't set up your home page or won't set up a page with web parts so inside The site script there's a there's a way to call an Azure there's a way to call a flow from there and then you can from from your flow you can do a lot of stuff I mean you can do things on the back end but the in in like creating a site layout you would probably want to create an Azure function with PowerShell PnP to connect to your site and manipulate it like after the fact. So I've done this quite a few times, like a provisioning process. Um, and I know we're probably, you know, we've probably, if you've heard this PNP provisioning or this provisioning process, you've probably heard of the lookbook, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everybody's have everybody seen it. I always point everybody to go to the, the lookbook to see what's possible out of the box. And then, but in those lookbooks, you can, prov- you can type in your site name and it'll provision exactly that. So that's how they're doing it. they you type in your site name, Uses Azure Function, you um, create your graph permissions, connects to your site. You have to authorize it, and it creates the thing for you. So essentially, you're just doing that same process. And they release that process on GitHub, so you can look at what they're doing. I mean, it's probably it's the Microsoft level process. You can do it in a lot less it's a lot less steps, I think. But um, yeah, that's the enterprise level. So yeah, I think that answers all the all those points on on that. Is there yeah anything I leave out? I don't think so. So you think this is the the your
0: recommended way is just follow what you just described with Azure Functions and have the follow the lookbook methods if you want to call it to kind of provision your own custom sites with 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 custom layouts.
2: Yeah, you know if you're creating like a bunch of I, the first thing is identifying what you really need. Like, what what is it? We're creating a bunch of department sites. We all want them to look the same, right? We don't want our department sites looking, uh, letting our users go in and adding, or at least give them a starting point. They can create, they can customize it later. So the way that you do that is through the site templates, right? With, and if you need to set up the web parts, then you have to do the Azure function. If you're just setting up lists and libraries and then you're letting them go, site script you can get away with just the site script, but it really takes it up another level once you have that PowerShell PNP in there. Got it.
3: That's cool. Um, Tom, I'm interested in what you're excited about um, with regards to the roadmap. So new stuff that's coming out in terms of, you know, SharePoint modern page development or SharePoint branding, what kind of new stuff that's coming out that you're really excited about and looking forward to?
2: Yeah, like I said earlier, I I looked at the roadmap. I'm always waiting to see what's coming out. Uh, like a, there is something that's rolling out right now with the site title, to hide the site title cuz I get that a little bit here and there, hide the site title cuz it's in our logo, so we don't need to see it. Um, th- the new header options are always exciting, but I like the thing is the global navigation cuz this has been like a thorn in my side ever since and I just I'm 100 I'm I'm almost not sure it's going to solve all my problems but will it is it another offering is another is another opportunity there yeah maybe um that's what i'm really excited about and seeing next but it's not that so that so my, i didn't answer your question greatly i my real answer to your question is i'm not excited enough like i think there should be more and okay you know, i feel like the, uh, speaking on behalf of our of the clients and customers that I talk to, there there's there's they just want more. They want to be able to customize more, right? So so I'm I'm a little disappointed that I can't say oh I'm excited about X Y Z because I feel like we're not we're getting we're seeing a lot of great functionality come out in other areas, right? But I really want to see us have more zones that we can deal with. Maybe we want to replace our search. Maybe we want to replace our navigation completely. Um, and bring our own solution to the table. Um, one of the things in, that I, I hear about on the, um, on the boards, like being able to just replace the header altogether, you know, yeah. just bring our own header. Like think of the pages as yeah. little replaceable zones. Yeah, leave the content. They're doing a great job with the content. They're doing a great job bringing out web parts, yeah. um, giving us just maybe more options with the theme to see more colors. You know, people want to see more, I'm going to say it, they want to see more pop. <laughs> I get this all the time. Can I just get a little pop on the page? And I hate it. It makes me cringe. I just I'm want to see up. a little pop. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, okay. They just want to see a little co- color pop. Uh, the pages are a little bit flat in in a lot of the ways where the where like the web, like you said, you get the one color, the primary theme. Maybe yeah. see two, three colors, or to be able to just maybe do a little bit more. I'm asking for a lot I know but
3: you know. No, I don't I don't think so. Like I've I've heard similar things from customers when building modern pages even with communication sites where you know you can have some full bleed web parts. I've heard customers complain about all the white space. It's right. like, why is there so much white space? Why can't we put more stuff there? And it's like, I'm sorry, but we can't. Like that's this is what we can do without going to, you know, some extreme lengths on customizing.
2: Yeah, you need the breathing room. I understand breathing room. I I agree. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, uh, I've worked at a lot of places, they want it so tight, like a, like a sandwich, right? Like, like yeah. a 10 foot sandwich is smashed <laughs> down into one. <laughs> <Everything>, <laughs> yeah. I've seen that too.
3: Yeah. What you said there kind of leads me to my, I think, my last question, um, which is um, you may have already answered this, but I'll ask you to repeat yourself. Um, what is your personal opinion around? should people brand and customize the look and feel of SharePoint? And I want your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Not hear here, because, like, we've all been MVPs for a long time. We've been in the rooms at the MVP summit where Microsoft tells us, don't brand SharePoint. But what's your opinion based on what you've seen from customers?
2: I get, I get both sides of the story. I understand why. And I've had this argument with people, not, not a bad heated argument, you know, it's an app. Why would you want to brand an app? No, it's, it's not an app. A lot of companies, and then this is changing too with, with teams, like, and what's really, what's their corporate entity that people go to, like their internet, what is their internet? What is their portal? Right. So it comes back to that question, but I believe that we should brand it. I I believe you can't have them all looking the same, you know, Every company has an identity, and they want that front and center on their website, whether it's their colors, whether it's the way they lay things out, whether it's their imagery um, or just their font, even their fonts. It's by having a product, like when people are buying SharePoint and they're using Office 365 and SharePoint, they they are buying a product. I, I understand that whole thing, but they want to make it theirs like they they do want to still spend and invest in making it theirs for their employees and and it's you know a lot of small organizations won't do that but a lot of the bigger ones definitely want to do that and they if they're not going to do it they're going to do it how they're going to want it they're going to do it anyway they're going to have someone like me or somebody else customize it or stretch it to like where they can get it Um, or they're going to use another product or they're going to yeah. look at other products more seriously. I mean, is the branding a make or break? Some sometimes, because mm-hmm. marketing there's the marketing companies that sell intranets, right? And mm-hmm. they design them, and then they fit the technology into the design somehow. A lot, a lot of the times I've seen that where they they're like, oh well, we can go with X, Y, Z, but we have SharePoint licenses already, and we have all this other stuff, so they just kind of stick with SharePoint. So I answer to the question I think we should be branding SharePoint um, because I want it to feel like it's mine you know like well I'm part of my organization that's what that's my thought so I mean I feel free to uh, if anyone has a counterpoint I I completely agree your point you said like, it really well yeah,
3: yeah. My, like your point about identity, of, of a company's intranet representing their identity, even internally, it, is very well taken. We we hear the exact same thing.
2: Yeah, that's good. And then you'll have people argue with it's an app, just use it. It's like PowerPoint. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not. No, it is not. <laughs> it's like no. Teams. You don't brand Teams, right? Well, may- maybe we will. <laughs> you never
3: know. You might start. Yeah, well, uh,
2: go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, that's an excellent question. I love that question. Absolutely. Well, uh, Tom, it's been
0: been great having you. Always good to listen to your opinion on branding. You have tons of experience there. Really, really enjoyed having you here. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully, we see you in person soon somewhere, maybe in New York. Uh, But
2: it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much.
1: Great. Hopefully, we see you soon in person.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Microsoft Ignite—not uh, Ignite—the um, SharePoint conference. I just found out about that. It's in December, right? Live in person. This in coming purpose. December in person. Live and in, in person. Vegas. In awesome. December in Vegas, yeah.
1: In Vegas, so wow. I'll See
2: you there. All right, thanks for having me. I right. see you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Tom. Thank you. Good to see All you. Right. Have Let's a see. great night.
1: Thanks. Bye,
2: everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone.